you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to the 174th ever show of All Around Sports. Reach Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, we broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this week and what's coming up for the weekend. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www.iirsports.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. And we'll start with my highlight of the week, which was Central Florida beating East Carolina with a Hail Mary last night to win the co-championship of the American Athletic Conference. As my loyal listeners know, I've covered the AAC for the last couple of years, and prior to that, uh, when it was known uh, as the Big East. And Central Florida has really, uh, really delivered with uh, a big-time football program. And last night was just really an exclamation point on how far they've come. We all know about Blake Bortles, the number three pick in the draft. Uh, you know, showing some real talent for the Jaguars. It's going to take a while, but he's going to get there. They, of course, won their bowl game in exciting fashion last year, won the championship, obviously, and now here they are again winning the co-championship along with Memphis in just the most exciting fashion possible, playing at East Carolina before a hostile crowd. Uh, it was just amazing what they did. I mean, they went 65 yards in two plays with 10 seconds to go. It was textbook. They got the ball back and, uh, you know, hit a sideline play uh, up around the 50, which was just far enough to let their quarterback heave one into the end zone on the final play of the game. And as we've seen so often, but yet they never, uh, it never gets old. Uh, very reminiscent of the, actually the Doug Flutie famous Hail Mary pass of uh, uh, 40 years ago now, hard to believe, 30 years ago. Uh, down in Miami, Miracle in Miami, but the ball just kind of sailed right through three guys, three defenders' hands from East Carolina, and right into the arms of uh, of the Central Florida receiver. I mean, you, you just you can't make this stuff up. You could do it a hundred times and a thousand times and nine hundred ninety nine times. That ball gets batted down or not caught, but. Yesterday was that unique time last night, and uh, again, it was just great to see uh, when I was at the AAC Media Day in Newport, Rhode Island, Football Media Day this past August, had the nice opportunity to meet uh, Coach George O'Leary and chat with him and Athletic Director Todd Stansbury, and Central Florida is really a program on the rise. We remember them starting the season with that exciting game against Penn State over in Dublin. So, uh, 
you know, they're really uh, making their presence known, and I really think the last night was uh, a signature win. They've already had the signature quarterback with Blake Bortles, and now they have a signature win that anybody who saw it will long remember. And uh, interestingly, Central Florida is the second biggest university in the United States in terms of student population down in Orlando. So, uh, again, hats off to the Knights. Uh, they are a program on the rise. The, the, the motto of the conference is American Rising, and certainly within American Rising is the UCF Knights. Speaking of championship games, uh, a lot of good ones this weekend coming up starting tonight when we have... Arizona State and Oregon should be a great game. And uh, make that Arizona. They always get those two mixed up. Rich Rodriguez's team from Tucson. Uh, Marcus Mariota going for the Heisman. Should be great theater and should be a great game. Keep in mind, the Wildcats beat Oregon earlier in the year, giving the Ducks their only loss of the year. Tomorrow is going to be a full slate, uh, Alabama-Missouri in the SEC title game. My usual weekly calling guest, A.P. Stedham, who you all know very well from Bama Magazine, is, as we speak, attending the SEC championship game press conference in Atlanta. He'll be covering the game, so we'll certainly uh, be hearing from A.P. next week about everything that went on down in Atlanta. Uh Florida State, Georgia Tech. Seminoles keep getting disrespected. They dropped to number four in the poll, right on the edge, the college football playoff poll. Undefeated, and yet they're uh, now behind three teams with one loss. So uh, Georgia Tech, watching them beat Georgia last week, uh, they look formidable. Uh, Ohio State, Wisconsin. Ohio State loses their starting quarterback. They're coming in with what is essentially the third-string quarterback uh, after JT Barrett went down against Michigan, and, of course, Braxton Miller went down before the season started. Wisconsin with the top rusher in the land, Malcolm Gordon. Uh, That should be a great game as well. And then in a non-title game, but very important still, Baylor at Kansas State. That'll be interesting to watch. Um, Baylor beat TCU, yet they're behind TCU in the college football playoff poll. TCU is third. Baylor is uh, fifth, I believe. So uh, they need to make a statement, and, and they know it. So it should be a good weekend of uh, college football, to say the least. My lowlight of the week, moving to the NFL, was the Chicago Bears simply not showing up last night at home on primetime, Thursday night football. Uh, what happened to the Bears this year is frankly sad. You know, they're the exact opposite of what we perceive the Bears to be, which is strong defense. Uh, it's just not there, and the Cowboys just lit them up. Granted, the Bears made a mini comeback, if you will, in the fourth quarter, but they just got absolutely trounced in the third quarter, and it's just, uh, you know, I think everybody who loves football uh, 
loves the Bears, unless, of course, you're a Packers fan, or certainly expect the Bears to play a certain way, which they simply are not playing these days. So, it's uh, interesting to watch. Uh, again, just sad is the only word I can think of. I, I, I just keep expecting them to uh, to show up, and I really thought last night they were going to come up with a big game. They did a year ago in biting cold out in Chicago against these same Cowboys. But it was not to be. On the other side, the Cowboys are not going to finish 8-8 eight and eight or below. They're going to be above 500. Uh, they needed a bounce-back victory after that Thanksgiving Day debacle uh, against the Eagles, and they got it. So, uh, yeah, I mean, the Cowboys with that rushing attack, DeMarco Murray, another big game last night. They look, uh, they look formidable, to put it mildly. And, uh, you know... Cowboys, like the Bears, are just one of those teams. They get eyeballs, more eyeballs than anybody. Tony Romo uh, seems to be all the way back, uh, you know, with his up and down again season, given the back injury and whatnot. Uh, Des Bryant continues to make headlines with his sideline theatrics. But, uh, you know, it's going to be fun. going to be fun to see the Cowboys. Uh, they play the Eagles a, a week from Sunday. So that should be interesting. And speaking of the Eagles, a huge game at home this weekend against the Seattle Seahawks. The Seahawks had a great game on Thanksgiving night against San Francisco. They look like the old Seahawks again. I think they haven't let a touchdown, uh, given up a touchdown in the last two games. So it should be interesting. And finally, my bizarre story of the week is watching... Tiger Woods struggle yesterday, especially the chips where he hit him like I hit him. He hit four chips that went like five feet and off to the right. And uh, it was just totally bizarre to see Tiger Woods do that. It would be bizarre to see him do it once. But to see him do it four times in the first round back on his home course, by the way, in Islesworth, Florida, near Orlando, was, the in my mind, the true definition of bizarre, just something we all thought we'd never see. And again, we saw it four times in one round. So nowhere to go go but up for Tiger. And now, as my former co-host, Lemont Williams from Outside the Huddle, likes to say, it's time to pay some bills, so let's take our break. Next up will be Jeremy Weiner, Public Relations Coordinator of the Boston Break Brawlers of the new FXFL Football League, who just completed their first season recently and... We're going to talk a uh, little Brawlers football, FXFL, and, uh, and NFL when Jeremy joins us after the break. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. 
Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. It's time to let the ladies do some sports talking around here. The sports girls take over the Voice America Sports Channel every Monday for The Inside Score. Beth Silverberg, Chin Chin Ong, and Stacey DeBerry are here to showcase the athletes, the coaches, and the foundations that change lives. In addition, we'll have a ton of regular features and a featured guest sports girl every week. You'll hear the stories you need to hear from the people that make the difference. The Inside Score is heard every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern or Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when we often have guests, and on the line with us is Jeremy Weiner, Public Relations Coordinator of the Boston Brawlers of the new FXFL Football League, which just completed their first season. And Jeremy, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me on, John. Thank you for calling in. I appreciate it. Well, you and I, as background for our listeners, we met at the Jared Mayo Bowl in nearby Dedham, Massachusetts, uh, a couple of months ago, and had a great time that night. And, uh, you know, I followed the FXFL in their first inaugural season here and watched the Boston Brawlers. But rather than me talk about it... uh, I was thrilled to see that you worked with the Brawlers, and I just thought it'd be great to have you on, and you can talk a little FXFL and how the first season went for you. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, it was a uh, it was one wild ride. That 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 that's one way to put it. Um, but just going into it, um, I knew it was going to be a great idea. Uh, the NFL needs a developmental league. Uh, all other sports have their own. Um, you know, NBA has the D League, um, baseball has Triple A, Double A, Single A, um, and you know the NFL was the only one that really didn't have that uh, minor league type platform that developed players who could be in the NFL but weren't quite ready yet. They just needed to work on their skills. 
So, um, absolutely, like, it, it was a short amount of time, but the inaugural season was a success, I'd say. And um, we're, we're hoping to come back for second season, um, and we're just waiting for our commissioner, Brian Wood. He's, he's uh, hard at work trying to get that second season back, and uh, hopefully we'll be back. Well, I hope so, too. You know, I enjoyed it. I watched a couple of your games on TV, and right off the bat, you know, every league needs a TV contract. You guys had one. Yes. And so I watched a couple of the games. Uh, I believe they were on Comcast, and the Boston Brawlers played at Harvard Stadium. Actually, no, it was Nussin, New England Sports Network. Yep, they were on Nussin. Yep, sorry about that. No And, uh... Unfortunately, I didn't, you know, I had conflicts for the two home games that they played, but, uh, you know, I did watch. I mean, the first thing that jumped right out at me, you know, if you're looking for names and big names are important, I noticed that, you know, the Brawler's quarterback was Taj Boyd. That's a name everybody knows from his days at Clemson, and that immediately impressed me about the league, and I went through, and there was... uh, uh, a few other familiar names playing in the league, and uh, so that that had to be good. Like, what kind? So, how did Taj Boyd do this year? Taj Boyd actually did pretty well. Um, it, first of all, Taj Boyd—he's he's a great guy. Um, football aside, extremely nice. Um, you know, every chance he had, he would sign autographs for you know Clemson fans or kids. Um, he loved it, and he was extremely. He was a, an extremely generous person. Um, but on the football side of things, he, uh, I, th- I think the first couple of games, he, he, he was okay. He was okay, but uh, he finished out the season really strong. Um, he, he's, he's really good at running the ball. He's, he's a good scrambling quarterback. And, yep. um, you know, his, his passing game really improved throughout the season. Um, and part of that, I'd have to give credit to our head coach, Terry Shea, uh, he's we call him the quarterback guru. He's worked with quarterbacks such as Matt Stafford, RG three, um, and Sam Bradford. So uh, having him as the head coach and Taj working with him, it was a perfect combination. So it was really, really fun to watch them, you know, work together. Wow. That's fabulous with uh, that lineage of quarterbacks that he's worked with. And uh, I mean Taj Boyd if I remember correctly, was, you know, on the short list of Heisman candidates at the beginning of his senior season or uh, his last season a couple years ago. And, uh, you know, had a good year, played in some very high-profile games. Clemson's a very high-profile program. And, uh, yeah, you know, uh, I know that he did go, I believe, to some NFL camps, but ended up, Mm -hmm. you know, with the Brawlers. So I'm just glad to see... uh, Again, his football career is still alive. I mean, he, he again, was, you know, a huge name in college football a mere two years ago. I know, right? Uh, Absolutely. He, yeah, he, was, he actually was drafted by the New York Jets in the sixth round. Uh, okay. But uh, alike, m- the majority of the players in our league and on our team, uh, they didn't make it out of uh, training camp. So um, that, that's another thing that the FXFL is perfect for. It's just, there, there's so many players that are on the team at the beginning of training camp, and by the end of it, you have to cut so many of them, and these guys are just 
you know, with so much potential, they're left without a team to kind of just training on their own or sitting at home waiting for that phone call. But the FXFL allows them to, you know, get that tape, um, get that publicity they need uh, for the NFL to give them a call. Exactly. Um, yeah, well, that's what you have to do. I mean, I work for player engagement, NFL player engagement. I'm a writer. Mm-hmm. And that's how that's what I was covering. Uh, that's who I was covering for the night of the Jared Mayo Bowl and wrote an article on the NFL player engagement website. But you know, if there's one thing I know, you know, deal with in the past two years for the NFL, it's uh, working with players in transition. So I have a, I like to think I have a pretty unique understanding of you know what it's like for transitioning players, both in keeping the dream alive. Uh, and sometimes moving on to a different career. That's my specialty, and that's one of the reasons why uh, the FXFL really caught my eye. So just to give our listeners uh, a more global view of what it's all about, there's four teams, Boston Brawlers, of course, Mm -hmm. uh, the Omaha, Nebraska Mammoths, the the Brooklyn Bolts, and then the Black Tips, which... My impression is they play out of Florida, and they're somewhat of a of a hybrid all star team, for lack of a better word. But Barley, you can explain it a little better. The Black Tips, yeah, the the Black Tips. They the Black Tips were an interesting team, that's for sure. Right. Uh, we we call them the traveling team. They were like the traveling all stars. Um, they originally were going to play in Florida, but you know uh, something just didn't work out, and. They just had to travel, and you know it worked out just fine. So, so they had no home those games. Those were our in four other words. teams. They played every game on the road. Correct. Okay. So the Omaha uh, franchise, if I'm not mistaken, they played their game, and I watched the game from there on TV at uh, the the stadium where the College World Series is held. Is that correct? That's right. Yep. It's beautiful. It's new. It's only like two, three years old. Oh yeah, it's a great stadium. Yeah, great stadium. And uh, where did the Brooklyn Bolts play their game? Um, where where is it? <laughs> somewhere, a, somewhere. A in stadium Brooklyn. in Brooklyn. Correct. I, all I know, all I know, is there's an amusement park right nearby Coney Island. That's Coney Island. Is. Oh wow. Okay. Wow. Yeah, that's a good spot. It is. It, it was a bit. It's a bit windy. And there was some downpour because it's right by the water, but right. other than that, it, it was a nice stadium. Yeah, well, Coney Island, of course, is famous for many things, but most recently it's famous for the July 4th hot dog eating contest, Kobayashi. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yes, yes, every July 4th he eats whatever, 60, 70 hot dogs, and, well, he, he actually, the, 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 the new star is uh, Joey Chestnut, but Coney Island's famous. It's just that simple, and obviously it's on the water, and... Uh, mm. Well, that's that's very exciting. I mean, you know, um, I'm glad to hear that you know you would turn the FXFL season a success. I mean, it was a unique approach. You know, correct me if I'm wrong. It just somehow floated across my radar screen in August, maybe even September, and uh, you know, obviously just got my attention specifically because there was a team in Boston. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just, you know came up suddenly, you know, at least from my perspective. So how, do you know how long, like, it was in the works or, you know, these yeah, things don't um, just happen overnight? 
you, you basically summed it up pretty much. Uh, it, it happened pretty suddenly. Uh, I would say we had about two months preparation for the season. Uh, when you have other teams, they have, you know, a little under a year to prepare. Um, so it, it was a little hectic, but we had a great team in our front office. We all worked together really well. And, you know, we got a successful out, successful season out the door. So um, it, it definitely was, as you said, it just kind of popped up on your radar. Everything, we kind of just pushed um, media outlets and, you know, information about the league out as quickly as possible. And it was just kind of like all of a sudden there was this random surge of uh, this, this new FXFL league and the, how there's a team in Boston and Taj Boyd is the quarterback. And there was just so much information to, to dish out to different media outlets. So um, it, 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 was, it was pretty hectic, to say the least. I'm sure, but ex- I'm sure it's exhilarating. I mean, it's an amazing accomplishment, you know. Sure. Uh, I watched that series on uh, the L.A. Kiss, which was on, I believe, AMC, uh, you know, a reality show, basically, where Kiss started a team in the Arena Football League, and it really gave me a flavor of, you know, how a team gets launched and, you know, all the challenges they face. And so as I'm watching that every week, every Tuesday night at, I believe, 9 or 10 p.m., and it was really well done, actually, uh, you know, with Gene Simmons and the, and the gang, Paul Stanley. Yep. Uh, you know, I, I was thinking of, you know, what was happening with the FXFL, because it was happening, obviously, uh, in real time right here in Boston. And, I, you know, let's just say I, I know enough from my coverage of football for the past few decades to watching that reality show to know that, you know, a football program is a big undertaking, uh, i.e. University of Alabama at Birmingham, which mm-hmm. was their program, is just, you know, an example of, you know, what a big undertaking it is and how if it's not handled properly, you know, it may not work. Um, exactly. So, you, you know, logistics, practices, getting fields, stadiums, oh. travel, on, getting players, obviously, coaches, uh front office for the league, for the teams, it's just an overwhelming uh, proposition, to put it mildly. But what I did like was, you know, I, I liked the four-team format. I just thought, you know, that it's manageable. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and obviously you pulled it off. I mean, that, that it's an amazing accomplishment. You know, it, it really is. So hats off to the XFL, FXFL, and I really hope that, uh, you know, a second season comes to be. Me too, John. <laughs> yes. But hey, as, yes, you, uh, as you said, we could have definitely had a reality show, that's for sure. There was, a, there was some time crunching, and there was a lot to do, so it would have made great TV. I'm sure it would have. Uh, <laughs> well, may, maybe next year, maybe year two. Uh, but, you know, we have, speaking of football, we have a lot more to talk about. You, of course, are very familiar with the Patriots, as am I, and the NFL overall, given your... Uh, Oh, your media coverage, uh, like the Mayo Bowl and that type of thing. So we're going to take our break now, but when we come back on the other side, we're going to talk a little uh, Patriots and NFL football. Sounds good. Find out. 
out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Lockdown coverage. Get ready to talk sports with the big guys. Tune in to Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis every Tuesday for the inside and outside of the business of sports. Keith and his guests will provide expert commentary and answer all of your burning questions about your favorite team, the players, and what's next. It's time to have fun with the game. Listen for Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis and his favorite co-hosts every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The talk doesn't get any hotter. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144. Or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And on the line with us still is Jeremy Weiner, Public Relations Coordinator of the Boston Brawlers of the new FXFL Football League, who just completed their first season. And Jeremy and I talked uh, Brawlers and FXFL in the first segment. But, Jeremy, you also work uh, for media outlets uh, up here in the Boston area, where I'm located as well. So I thought it'd be fun to talk some Patriots. You and I first met uh, at the Jared Mayo Bowl uh, a couple of months ago. and uh, So what type of uh, media work are you doing these days? Um, well, right now I'm covering a lot of high school sports, high school slash college. Um, you know, it's, it's just as fun. Uh, it's, it's great games to cover, and uh, that's basically what I'm doing in the meantime, well, big day here in Massachusetts for high school football. Tomorrow is uh, six, repeat, six Super Bowls, which is what the high school state championships are called up here in Massachusetts. Right. And uh, so they're going to be played at Gillette Stadium, 20 minutes from where I'm located. And uh, the weather's not looking so great, so it should be a, a fascinating day over at uh, nearby Gillette Stadium. But uh, It's going to be cold, right? Very cold, yeah. rainy, it could be rather dismal, but, uh, you know, there's some going to be some great football played. Many of the teams I've seen this year, one local team 10 minutes from my house is uh, called Zavarian, where people like uh, 
Matt and Tim Hasselbeck used to be their quarterbacks before going on to BC and NFL careers. Uh, they're a high school football power uh, up here in, in Massachusetts. They're, yeah, they're once great. again in a state championship game. And, you know, I often will pop up to their games on a Saturday afternoon being so close to my house. And, you know, uh, they have one of the top defensive tackles in the country, Joe Graziano. He's going to Northwestern mm-hmm. um, every year. I mean, last year they had Maurice Hurst's former Patriot defensive back. Maurice Hurst's son played for Zavarian. So every year they have one or two or more, you know, top flight college prospects and, you know, guys who end up in the NFL. I mean, it's just Charlie Stevenson is their coach. He's a legend. And uh, so, again, That'll be the highlight. That's the that, that's the big one. The the division one, for lack of a better way of saying it, tomorrow and uh, Zavarian it's is be often. Great. Yeah, they're often in the hunt for that. So that's that's it's an exciting day here in Massachusetts. It really is. Uh, but speaking of Gillette Stadium, the Patriots uh, having another just fabulous season, another huge game, and uh, coming up Sunday night against San Diego. San Diego, of course, fresh off that incredible comeback to beat the Ravens down in Baltimore last Sunday. And meanwhile, the Patriots played the Packers in what was clearly the game of the year. It couldn't have been any more hyped. I agree. And it was one of those rare games that lived up to expectations. So why don't we just start, Jeremy, with uh, you know your thoughts on the Patriot-Packers game on Sunday night. Uh, Sunday I thought, I, as you said, it was one of the best games of the season. Um, yeah, the Patriots came out with a loss, but um, there are definitely some adjustments they can take from that, and I would not be surprised if these two rematch in the Super Bowl this year. Yeah, you know, I would love to see that. I think a lot of people would. That is just, uh, that's a Super Bowl that can make your mouth water, and, you know, it starts with the two twelves. you know, Aaron yeah. Rodgers and Tom Brady. They, you know, just seeing Brady on the sidelines at the end of that game, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, not emotional, happy, shall we say, uh, and you know, just his passion in wanting to win that game, and, and Aaron Rodgers, historic Lambeau Field, all of it, just the talent, you know, the cold. It's just, you know, it was just great theater. I mean, it's it's what it you really want. Was. It really was, you know. I mean, I'm watching the game, and the minute, you know, the minute uh, Jordy Nelson took that pass in with 20 seconds or so left before halftime on a 47-yard crossing route, yeah, took it to the house. I, I mean, I knew right then that was the play of the game because Bill Belichick, like many coaches, but Belichick really preaches this is, you know, the most important aspects of a game are the last two minutes of the first half and the first two minutes of the third quarter. And, That's a great point. Yeah, to see them give that up, I, I I knew they were in big trouble then. Yeah, I mean, their their red zone defense was playing really well, uh, holding that Green Bay offense to uh, field goal after field goal. Uh, that one yes. play, though, with Jordy, uh, that definitely opened the game wide open. Um, the Patriots, they they had some they had some problems playing, you know, catch up, but. It, it, it was it was a winnable game, and I think these two teams would make a great Super Bowl, as I said, um, and especially Brady. The emotion he showed, 
he definitely wants it. He wants another run at him. Absolutely. I, I think it would just be, you know, I think it's the Super Bowl that most of America, you know, outside various, uh, you know, team fan bases would want to see. And, uh, and and I think we have a good chance of seeing it. Uh, yeah, and, you know, it was, uh, to the Patriots' credit, there were moments in that game in the second half when you just said, okay, it's over. You know, they're, they're going to lose, mm-hmm. and that's that. But they never gave up. They, they clearly had the opportunity to win at the end. If Gronk comes up with that, what would have been an amazing catch as he's falling oh, the in great. the end zone, you know, they, they win the game. And, you know, that missed field goal, I mean, you and I live up here. We, you know, Goskowski has reached that automatic uh, he stage make. like Vinatieri did. Yeah. So he, he he's as automatic, but as he is clutch. Yes, clutch too. Um, well, you know it's good. And so let's move ahead to this Sunday. I mean, the Chargers are a fascinating team. I mean, for me, back in the day, I really, really was not a fan of Philip Rivers when he was mm-hmm. winning some playoff games early in his career. Specifically, I remember a game and. The RCA Dome against Peyton Manning and the Colts where he was, like, mouthing off and, you oh, know, yeah. he's leaving, you know. I mean, he he just, his personality rubbed me the wrong way, as it did a lot of people. This is some pretty famous stuff as he was uh, jawing in that playoff Absolutely. game that they won. Yeah, I mean, you know, but it all changed uh, in January of 2008 when I, Sat in the stands and watched him play the AFC Championship game. This was the Patriots still undefeated at that moment in time uh, with a torn ACL. It's the most, among the most amazing athletic feats I've ever seen. I'll never forget it. I've liked. You remember that game, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we all do. I mean, Phil Rivers is tough as nails. Tough as nails, yeah. And that's the game where, you know, LaDainian Tomlinson. You know, was also injured in the previous playoff game, and I think he played a couple plays and then basically sat, you know, with his helmet with the dark visor the entire yep. game and, and never played again. But while Philip Rivers did, he tended is, to do that a lot, yeah, exactly. And uh, you know, but Philip Rivers, you know, he's again, I, I couldn't believe what I was watching, and he played a fine game. I mean, you know, the Patriots kind of controlled the game, but it was, you know. It was close throughout, and the Patriots won, of course. And uh, But, you know, I just find Philip Rivers to be just a fascinating character. You know, I think he has six or seven kids. Um, wow. He's, a, he's a, a Christian man, and, you know, he certainly raised his profile last year by, you know, wearing the bolo tie and things like that. And That's right. Yeah, and the Chargers, <laughs> you know, the Chargers are, you know... They're a good organization because they're pretty good most years. And Philip Rivers, a couple of years ago, was you know left for dead, like his career's over. Yep. And let's not forget, I mean, you'll remember this. I mean, to me, what I'll be thinking of when they tune in on Sunday night is that famous, famous AFC Championship game when uh, the Patriots won against the 14-2 and Chargers. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was the AFC... It was a playoff game, but... Yeah, in San Diego, right? In San Diego, and they danced on their logo. Oh, yeah. 
LT was not happy with that. Exactly. That's exactly right. LT, that's when he called Belichick classless, if I remember correctly. Yep. After the game, and I think what Marty Schottenheimer got fired after that game, coming off a 14-2 and record. Is that correct? You're, yep, you're, you're exactly right. What year was yeah. that, though? That would have been, I, I think it was 2006, and I do believe it was the game. I believe the game after that was when the Patriots gave up that huge lead to the Colts in the RCA Dome and oh. lost the AFC Championship game. Uh, which for many New Englanders, I mean, it was super, it was later superseded uh, by the you know loss to the Giants in the Super Bowls. But at that moment in time, you know, when they lost that game to the Colts, coming off that amazing, unexpected victory over the Chargers, mm-hmm. uh, you know, but that Colts loss was one of was really the worst maybe of Belichick's career up to that point. Uh, but, you know, just out. great stuff. You know, so the Chargers and the Patriots have a history. Uh, they do, to say the least. Players from that game are still relevant, still playing. Some of the players from that game, yep. And again, that was you know, that was on the short list of great you know, great Patriot victories under the current dynasty as it exists since Belichick started in you know, ninety nine. Um, so I, I'm, you know, I'm looking for just a spectacular game on Sunday night. I really am. Uh, the Patriots are really, you know, in the middle of a very, very tough stretch, to put it mildly. Mm-hmm. I mean, they played the Broncos, the Colts, the Packers, and now the Chargers. And I'd say they've exceeded expectations. Cause I, yes, they have. I was not expecting them to only lose one of those games. Exactly. And if you step back and think about it, you know, uh, three road games against the Colts, the Packers, and the Chargers. That's that's about mm-hmm. as tough as it gets for a yeah. stretch in the NFL. And you know, couple that with you know, you know, the week before they hit the road was against, of course, the Broncos here and uh, game I attended. And uh, yeah, and, and you know, let's not forget about that Colts game. I mean, what they did that Sunday night was pretty amazing as well. Absolutely. Yeah, Jonas Gray. Fascinating story there, you know. Yeah, where's he been? Where's he been? I mean, he's four touchdowns, 200 yards against the Colts. He bursts onto the scene and onto the cover of Sports Illustrated. He oversleeps, doesn't arrive to practice on time. He's sent home, doesn't play a down in the Packers. Doesn't play a down after that. And then... In the Packers game, where they're one of the worst run defenses in the NFL, he only had, I think, one carry, if I'm not mistaken. So it was a cameo appearance. It was much more LeGarrette Blunt. It was, you know, coincidentally in the middle of him, you know, being sent home and all that was, you know, LeGarrette Blunt gets signed. So, uh... After walking out on his team. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So the Patriots are never dull. Let's let's, let's no, point never. that out. I mean, sometimes, you know, we all joke about Belichick and, you know, the generic, to use a kind word, press conferences. But, uh, you know, in fact, they are among the most interesting and obviously best teams in the NFL. But with that said, lots more to talk about. So let's take our last break and we'll talk a little bit more football on the other side.
alternate flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America interactive radio player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. We're some America listeners. Welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I am your host, John Inglesby. And back on the line with us is Jeremy Weiner, Public Relations Coordinator of the Boston Brawlers of the new FXFL Football League, who just completed their first season. And before we get back to Jeremy, uh, following up on our previous segment, my pick of the weekend for appointment viewing is indeed the Patriots Chargers on Sunday night. Uh, Should be great theater yet again. Patriots play their second Sunday night game in just a few weeks. they played the Colts a couple weeks ago, so it should be great. But another great game, Jeremy, that I think really has my attention for this weekend is Seattle Seahawks at Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. I, you know, frankly, I couldn't believe the Thanksgiving night game. I mean, I could, but I, I just kept waiting and waiting and waiting for the 49ers to do something, and they never did, which is a tribute to the Seahawks. Yeah, yeah, that that's basically been their season. Um, I guess there's some issues, some head coach issues in San Francisco. Um, some people not getting along, and uh, you know, an unhappy Frank Gore. So there's there's been some of that. So I I I don't see them making the playoffs, but I I could definitely see him making some off season adjustments. Uh, definitely coaching change. And um, they'll be back because they're a really talented team. And you have, you have Patrick Willis, who's out with an injury. Um, they just have some issues. So um, they're a little bit of a mess right now, but I think they'll be back next year. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you, you still don't want to count out the Niners. I mean, they're just, you know, their recent pedigree is just too strong to, uh, you know, to give up on them. I, I, I just find myself incapable of doing so. The Eagles, fascinating team to watch. Speaking of Thanksgiving Day, what they did at the Cowboys was uh, pretty impressive out there. And uh, yeah. 
to say the least. Um, they're going to be at home. Chip Kelly's offense against the Seattle defense that is now playing like the team that won the Super Bowl last year. Yeah, they, to me, we talked. That looks great, they, doesn't they it? That looks together. as good as it gets. What's that? I'm sorry. I said the Seahawks have gotten it together. They, they, they were a little slow with the start, but I think they're getting hot at the right time. I totally agree. They've absolutely got it together. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Richard Sherman, two picks uh, on Thanksgiving night off calling Papernick and walking off the field with the Thanksgiving with the turkey and everything was uh, – yeah. That, that yeah, just, that was just good stuff. And again, Chip Kelly's offense—they're they're just fascinating with Mark Sanchez, no less. And uh, I know, right? So Go I, figure. Yeah, uh, it's crazy. Uh, so I think that's the you know the game of the day. But the other game that I'll be watching with great interest, uh, you know, Johnny Football. I mean, I'm a For big sure. Johnny Football fan. I can't yeah, I can't tell you how. Many hours we've logged on this show in the past couple of years talking Johnny football, given that uh, A.P. Stedham, uh, my frequent call-in guest, uh, covers Bama and the, a- and the SEC and, uh, of course, those great Johnny Manziel games versus Alabama. But anyway, you know, Mike Pettin, coach of the Browns, named Ryan Hoyer the starter. I think it was, you know, the right move, but... Mm-hmm. You know, we all we all know now that Johnny Manziel is just a pick away from going in the game, and it could very easily happen in the first half on Sunday. Yeah, he, he'll. I I liked what I saw from him on Sunday. Uh, I did, and the Browns are just kind of playing um, musical chairs with their quarterbacks right now. So I can only imagine how frustrating it is for that Browns fan base. I agree. I agree. Um, again, I basically agree with the move. I think, you know, when you, when you cut through it all, Ryan Hoyer, who we know well as Tom Brady's backup up here, by the way, uh, he's won seven games. You know, that is not to be dismissed when he's the quarterback of the Cleveland Browns, period. Mm-hmm. Now, when, yep. when was the last time the Browns won seven games? That's all you need to say. No matter how they've done it, they've exactly. done it with, with him as their quarterback. But I... Like a lot of people, you know, want to watch Johnny Manziel, too. I I just think, you know, I thought it was a lot of drama that never needed to occur. To me, you know, Mike Pettin simply said, I I think after that game on Sunday, he should have just simply said, you know, Brian's in a bad stretch, wasn't having the best game. And so I thought I'd give Johnny a try. That's it. Brian's a starter next Sunday. I thought it was just that simple. Yeah, no, I agree. yeah, it would have avoided two or three days of drama. But I don't know, you know, he did this throughout the postseason. You know, he's, you know, created these sort of what I'll call artificial deadlines that I don't think are necessary. But, you know, who am I? I mean, it's it's working and they've won seven games, but now they're getting down to sort of must-win games. And Hoyer is in a tough stretch, so we shall see. Well, if you if you want to talk about drama, you should talk about the drama in D.C. Yes, there you go. What are your thoughts on that, RG3? Oh, man, it's a mess. It's a, it's a, uh, I, I actually have a buddy who works in D.C., and every Monday morning he sends me a picture of the cover of the sports section, and 
they love to rip apart RG3 and that team. It's it's um it's pretty funny, but uh, there's some there's definitely some issues down there. And I I know I recently heard that Jay Gruden wants RG3 out. I hadn't heard that. That doesn't surprise me. I mean, here, here's where I stand on the situation. Quite simply, Jeremy is you know. It's one thing to have a problem with Mike Shanahan. Now he's had a problem with two coaches in a row. At that point, yeah. you know, I have to say it's not the coach, it's the player. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, you know, don't take a genius to figure that out, but exactly. I'll quickly give you a, you know, I drove down to D.C. for an NFL event a couple of years ago, RG3's rookie season. I arrived in, uh, in my hotel, threw my bag in, went to a local restaurant to watch what was the second half and it was rg3 leading this comeback against eli manning and the giants sunday afternoon in dc the place was going crazy this was the height of rg3's rookie year i was so blown away i was in the dc for the next few days it turned out rg3 brought him back but then eli threw you may remember this a a long pass to victor cruz to win the game with like a minute to go that's right i do remember that yeah, that was a pretty famous game, but RG3 um, was at the height of his popularity. I was right there, ringside seat. I'll never forget it. It was one of the biggest things I've ever seen as far as, you know, a, a, an athlete taking over a city. And so I, based on that, I'm in shock, like many people, two years later, that this is what we're talking about with RG3. I, I know. Well, he. He's had some injury issues, and uh, the Redskins haven't been doing well whatsoever. So, I mean, when that happens, you either point your finger at the coach or the quarterback, and um, they pointed their finger at the coach for a long time, and they got Shanahan out of there, but he got a new coach, and same results. So they're pointing the finger at RG3 now. Exactly. Well, Jeremy, never a dull moment in the NFL. Never. And I'm sure, for that matter, the FXFL. So thank you so much for joining us today. Hard to believe we're at the end of our show. But I know, right? your insights were wonderful, and I just appreciate you calling in uh, to talk about the Boston Brawlers and the FXFL today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me on, John. All right. Thanks again, Jeremy. Jeremy. And as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports. And we look forward to doing it all again next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week.